Today on Podcast by the Bay, South San Francisco Mayor Liza Normandy. Public servant to me is being able to best represent the city, citywide. It's not representing one particular demographics, whether it has to do with age or gender or ethnicity. Is making the best decisions for the city that um, I can sleep at night and, and knowing that I can make a difference. Discussing many of the local issues and her vision for the future of South San Francisco. I am always celebrating the diversity of our city, and we're continuously celebrating. So not only are we celebrating the 110th birthday, but we're also celebrating that there's two women in 110 years that are sitting on city council. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another rendition of our show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you for downloading this episode. And today we're going to continue with our Mayor on the Peninsula series. And today we're going to showcase South San Francisco. And so, Patrick, you got to meet the Mayor of South San Francisco, Liza Normandy. Can you explain a little bit about South South San Francisco and uh, introduce us to Liza? Absolutely. Uh, South San Francisco is in San Mateo County, uh, and the population is probably around 70,000 people. Uh, prior to the European exploration, the northern San Francisco Peninsula was inhabited by Ramatusi, a linguistic subgroup of the Ionian people, Indian. Uh, the village on, on the Urban Burr on San Bruno Creek was visited by Gaspar de Portola, Expedition in 1769 remains as a long-term inhabitancy of seasonal encampments over has been has been the Buckeyes. Uh, shell mounds on San Bruno Mountain charcoal sampling indicates these sites may have been actively occupied in early Spanish colonial periods around the 1700s. The Delta of Coma Creek was formerly an important habit of the waterfowl known known to be hunted by the Ramachos in historic times. Um, the city of South San Francisco was originally conceived as an industrial suburb and was promoted and by representative by Beef Trust, a group including some of the country's largest meatpacking firm. Uh, a planned city was formed in 1888. A lot of you guys will remember Franklin Swift, founder of Swift & Company Meatpacking Company. The plan called for multiple industrial meatpacking companies which shared stockyards as well as residential areas for employees proposed around the South San Francisco-based area and South Chicago and South Omaha. In 1890, Peter 
Omaha of Nebraska and an agent of the Beef Trust purchased Lux property in 1891. It was transferred to South San Francisco Land Improvement Company. The area was divided into industrial and residential and company installed lighting, sewer, and connections. So today, South San Francisco still has the residential, has the industrial. The meatpacking company has gone by the wayside. I don't think there is one out there today, um, but it's, it is. In the early 1920s, the city was a smokestack capital of the peninsula. South San Francisco proudly called the industrial city, a motto immortalized in, in 1923 by huge sign on the hillside overlooking the city. Industry remains. You can still see the industrial uh, chalk um, on the hill today. I want to talk about my nice sunny day in South San Francisco interviewing the mayor. It's, it's, city Hall is on 400 Grand Avenue. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. You, you, nice green lawn in front of it, a lot of steps going up, a lot of brass. They have restored it, remodeled it. It's gorgeous to be in it. Um, I, I got there a few minutes early, and Liza um, <clears throat> gave me a warm welcome. Everybody in the city of South San Francisco. A little trivia, my brother's first house was in Sunshine Gardens in South San Francisco, and his ex-brother-in-law was a was a uh, South San Francisco police officer in there, too, for a while, too. So um, with that, I had a grand opportunity to interview Liza. She is a uh, chamber uh, involved with the South San Francisco Chamber. She's a business lady. She's really engaged to talk. She was excited to talk. We talked about transportation. We talked about housing. We talked about collaboration. We talked about senior housing. We, talk, we also talked about the Wiener Bill. The Wiener Bill uh, 827, which wants to take away um, a lot of the city's decision-making on below-market housing or workforce housing. She was passionate about that, not necessarily that she agreed with it. She was interested in seeing partnerships reach with local business. Remember, in South San Francisco, we have Genentech. We have a lot of industrial companies in South San Francisco which make a difference. Those companies, she wants to work with relationships with them to help the infrastructure in South San Francisco. Um, she was <clears throat> very knowledgeable and know, knew a lot of the mayors. Um, as you know, the, the weather, weather in South San Francisco could be a little on the chilly side. I found out that the weather in Brisbane is a little sometimes on the warmer side. So without further ado, I think we should move on and listen to what? Liza Normandy, the mayor of South San Francisco, wants to say she's willing to collaborate with the other mayors, and we at Podcast by the Bay want to see that happen. Not only collaborate with surrounding cities, but to collaborate with the local residents and voters. Yeah, well, South San Francisco, I think, uh, is, is a very interesting place because you do have the residential housing all the way from up by Pacifica, right? It goes all the way up there. So you have this giant portion of the city, which is kind of this residential, and then it kind of gets into the older part town, and then from there it crosses over the freeway, and you have this giant industrial area. Now, as a FedEx employee, when I worked there, I also worked with the South City routes. I mean, most of the afternoon drivers, they actually do work the the, the South City routes, and basically that that's a big freight hub for all the airport freight, right? So all the airport freight coming in, goes right through South San Francisco. You have all kind of businesses, all kind of freight companies, um, 
and all kind of shipping. You have UPS, FedEx, DHL, all of them are all right there. I wanted to bring up a couple things because you traveled the route with your FedEx truck. Because I know you remember Avalon Park, Avalon Pines, Brentwood, Brentwood with the Brentwood um, Shopping Center, Burry Burry, Cypress, Downtown, Francisco Terrace, Mayfair Village, Paradise Valley, Park Haven, Parkway, Pex, Winston Manor, West Park, Westboro, East Side, Susie Way. I mean, Sunshine Garden, Southwood, Sarah Heights. Boy, that city is a large city. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is a large city. And I think that, you know, it's, it's larger than I think we even recognize. And that's what I was trying to, that was the point I was trying to make. Like you said, they have Genentech. And so that's the other piece, right? You have these pharmaceutical companies, which are really, they moved in maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago. They started, well, the Oyster Point area, that whole development area, really became, farm, you know, pharmacy uh, central over there. And there was like Theravance. There was like, you know, all, all sorts of uh, pharmaceuticals popping up and, you know, so but one of the things is I don't know if you saw today in the newspaper, I, there was an article in the San Francisco Business Times and the value of some of the properties in the industrial area right there. And there was run right on the corner of Utah and South Airport. There was a big picture and it is exploding the uh, the value in, in, in these in these uh, industrial areas. It is exploding. So. Yeah, Andre, just, and you know, you, you excited me about it. I want to talk about the 10 top employers that I'm aware of in South Cities. One is Genentech, Onyx Pharmaceuticals, Thermo Fisher Scientific, Costco Wholesale, two stores, Amgen, Success Factors, Inc., Royal Laundry, The New French Bakery, Oral Wheat, and Thermit's Biopharma. But also, right on Grand Boulevard is Pete's Coffee, and we don't want to forget Pete's Coffee. Well, let's go ahead and get down and speak with the Mayor Liz Normandy of South San Francisco. We'll get to that interview very quickly here. And um, if you have any questions, you have any feedback, please reach out to Patrick and myself. We're happy to respond. We're happy to engage. And if you have any questions, any feedback, please reach out to us or like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast by the bay. So we're going to go ahead and get to the exclusive interview and continue our Peninsula Mayor Series with Mayor of South San Francisco, Liz Normaday. So with that, this is Andre. And this is Patrick. And we'll catch you on the next time of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. We're in South San Francisco. Liza Normandy is the mayor of the city of South San Francisco. I'm honored to have the opportunity to interview her. As to our podcast listeners, I grew up in Daly City, as, and my brother raised his family in Sunshine Gardens. Uh, in South San Francisco. Welcome, Eliza Normandy, the mayor of the city of South San Francisco. Why don't you give us a little background about yourself and how you got into politics? Um, well, thank you, Patrick. Uh, as far as getting into politics, um, back in 2006, I ran into then um, Carol Matsumoto, who's now our mayor pro tem, and she asked me if I would consider running for the South San Francisco Unified School District. Um, and then she introduced me to then Mayor Joe Fernicky. So from there, from 2006, I've served on the South, South San Francisco Unified School District from 2006 to 2013. And again, with Mayor, uh, with Mayor Pro Tem Matsumoto's um, motivation, I ran for council. Um, then I sit in front of you as the third female um, in 110 years that has been mayor for the city. Wow, well, congratulations. I know in the city of Foster City, we've had five uh, outstanding council ladies on the uh, there, which would be Eileen Larson, uh, Pam Frisella, Linda Kelling, 
Um, and uh, we, we're, we're fortunate, and we also have Catherine Manapar, which mm-hmm. is fairly new on the Foster City. Well, congratulations and to uh, the women that are making the difference on the peninsula in politics. Um, so what, what do you do professionally besides, I, I know you can't survive just being on the mayor's oh, salary. Oh, no, right? A $500 a month salary. Um, I currently hold the position as the CEO of the South San Francisco Chamber of Commerce, which is actually right down the street from City Hall. Well, congratulations on that. You guys are quite busy with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, you know, I know I, I looked up to find out how much or approximate population of South San Francisco. I think the last reporting was 2015. Is it about 60, 66,000, 70,000? What is the population of South San um, We like to round it off to so about 67,000. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And you guys are so close to uh, San Francisco. Um, one of the major uh, issues on the peninsula is housing. Um, what currently um, does South San Francisco have a policy on any developments, whether a certain percentage are for first-time home buyers or for seniors? Um, so I want to take that in parts. As far as policy, so any of our developers who are looking to sell units, there's a um, 20% that we asked um, to be placed aside for affordable. Um, based upon Assembly Bill 1505, the City Council just had a prior discussion on where to place that percentage, and Council um, did provide staff direction to move forward with 50% affordable um, housing for both rental and for sale. Um, senior housing right next door here on Grand Avenue is Miller, so we do have the Senior uh, Rotary Plaza that's coming up as well, and we have a lot of things in the pipeline. Well, I want to congratulate uh, South San Francisco for being pioneers. Not all cities do have requirements or percentages on developments. Some of the cities do it per development. Uh, Foster City has something like 15 to 20 percent need to be affordable housing. One of the buzzwords that is going around the uh, peninsula um, is the workforce housing, which is a little bit different uh, definition than a first-time homebuyer program. Mm-hmm. Um, in in uh, Foster City, we have a project called the Saris Regis Project, which was initially developed for commercial and retail. Now the developer is working with the city to make it um, uh, afford- not affordable housing, workforce housing plus the development of housing. Um, and the distinction between workforce housing and uh, first-time housing is a little bit different. What, uh, is South San Francisco grappling with that situation too, or is the word workforce housing come up? Because what we're, when we're talking about workforce housing, they're talking about police and fire and teachers. Um, the city of South San Francisco did survey our employees in reference, would they be interested if we were to move forward with the development, focus on workforce housing, keeping our uh, employees in South San Francisco? And the percentages are pretty low, so I want to say within the 30-40% that would be interested. Um, the majority of our employees are already established in other cities, and I don't believe be, building it now is going to you know, want them to make the move with their family that's already acclimated in a, a particular city or, or county. Um, but I believe in the school district has surveyed their, their teachers, and I think the percentage of um, the teachers are also low. So I think the collaboration is still there, but I think it's more of just being able to build housing on uh, parcels that best fit those particular neighborhoods. So there's a couple of school surplus properties that have always come up. For, for our listeners, um, do you know how approximately the people that work for the city of South San Francisco, how many of them live in South San Francisco? That I do not have, but I okay. can definitely get it from you for our HR director. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting Absolutely. to know. 
I know with the county, um, it's somewhere around 50%, 50%, it might be a little mm-hmm. bit less of uh, people that uh, work for the county live, live in the county mm-hmm. or maybe live in the city of Redwood City. Um, one of the more controversial bills that's come out is, um, is Assemblyman Weiner, uh, his bill, and uh, that's the one on basically uh, having the uh, state regulate the housing um, to, in, and the idea of Mr. Weiner's bill is to bring forward more housing, but putting kind of like the hammer on the state to make cities uh, have more affordable housing. Have you taken a position on that bill? Yeah, so that was the uh, Assembly Bill 1505 from that initiated. So we we are, uh, that's a conversation that council had that we would like to see 15% from the developers on affordable when they're coming up. So they're, if they're building market rate, there's 15% place aside for affordable on the rentals. So prior to that was a 20% for sale. So we just kind of said 15% across. So we have already had that discussion. Okay. We, the last downturn of the economy, um, um, as a result of the last downturn of the economy, a lot of the cities got out of the business of the first-time affordable housing program, and they've handed it over to Hart. Has mm-hmm. South San Francisco done the same thing? We, we we have, and I'm actually a representative of the Hart. So I'm, I'm at the table making decisions along with the 19 other cities in the county. Is Greg Meyer still on that board? I know Greg Meyer was on that board. He, he's a banker. No, but Pam Frazella from oh, Pam Frazella. City. Oh, that's great. There. So she's an advocate. and She's another another <laughs> leader in the community out there in Foster City. Um, with, the, with the housing situation, um, you, you're also known as the industrial city. Uh, and you've got a lot of a big industrial park. You've got your Genentech. You've got your Fed, FedEx. You've got a lot of stuff. How have they come to the table with housing? Um, when, they, when they work like an expansion... Uh, of a Genentech campus or any of the campuses out there, has the discussion been out there about building some housing with it or, or campus type of housing? Um, that discussion has not started, um, but I can tell you Genentech, um, the California Life Sciences Association, a lot of our big uh, biopharmas, they are very interested in support housing along transportation corridors. Um, <clears throat> the discussion will start with them and actually, it's it's uh, what they will be holding. They will be holding a housing infrastructure um, lunch and learn program for whether it's a, some city officials to also those um, on the east side of the freeway. Okay. Well, you got Stanford University, Kenyatta College, College of San Mateo, uh, and there's probably another college I'm probably going to leave out. But they all have developed campus housing uh, thing where for the professors or the teachers and stuff like that. Uh, do you think that theme could work well in the industrial park area out there? It could work well if th- those particular bio companies will um, request it. And I think that opportunity to have those discussions with them to encourage such campus living environments where their employees are housed, um, yeah, I think council would welcome that discussion. Well, that's a good discussion. As you know, in the, in the city of San Bruno, they just are, they're in the process of closing two elementary schools. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is going to come in the forefront. Uh, any take on whether do you think teachers would, would live on campus housing? I've, I've heard I've heard pro and con. Some say, says that the teachers won't live there, and some say they will live there. Um, well, you think, for instance, Pacifica School District has just started, and they're the first one through some heart money funding that will be doing um, teacher housing 
And just like the, the formula that our San Mateo Community College District did, they're going to take that. So Pacifica School District is leading that. For South San Francisco, I can't speak to them, but based upon what I heard about their um, survey, it, it is in the low percentage. But our school district does have a few surplus properties that would be able to do housing if this council decides to move the zoning from a school zone to residential. Well, I ran into a kind of unique situation. I had the opportunity to interview the mayor of Brisbane, and he was telling me his challenge of getting his um, residents, students over to the high school and the busing situation where, where they had the inequity. And, you know, obviously Brisbane is quite a big jump to come over to the over the hill. And I think they're in the process of trying to resolve that. So um, it, it's good to see that government now is really having to develop a partnership, so to speak, with the school district. Mm -hmm. So are, are, now you said you were a past board member. Of, I was. Okay. Give us a little perspective of, of when you were on that and then how you feel now, because you have, you, you bring some talent here. You, you have an opportunity to be on a school board and understand them. And now you're in a official position as the mayor of, of South San Francisco. It's been a um, smooth transition, you know, having to get to know the parents and the kids and, and having to know that th those kids are able to vote and make um, changes for our city. But having to serve on school board and to be on city council, it's been, it's been wonderful. It's been, um, it's been something I've always wanted to, to do and to sit here and be mayor, I've waited a long time for. Now, how long have you been on city council? This is my fifth year. Fifth year. Now, um, just for the audience, because everybody's not looking up this on Winnipegia, um, or do you rotate the mayor? We do. So we um, have a respectful rotation, and we, as council, we re uh, rely on our handbook that we, we review once a year at a retreat. And so there's a, a rotation by year that we, you know when your term is available and who's going to be your, your mayor pro tem. So those are all annual rotations. Well, I haven't seen anything in the news that you guys have had any difficulty no. in rotating. <laughs> that's great. I know some cities have had some challenges on it, uh, and that's that's great. Um, was it? Did you win the first time you ran? I sure did. For okay. school board, I ran. Um, no experience. Just had. Then Mayor Joe Fernikes, um helping me with my campaign, and Councilwoman Matsumoto, and came in second. No, I came in third, probably out of seven. Um, then ran unopposed for that second term, and for City Council, I came in second out of eight candidates, I believe. Well, speaking from experience, running <laughs> for City Council is a challenge, and it's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of it's a lot of good feelings, and then it's a lot of disappointment in some areas too. So. I congratulate you for being a public servant and for doing that. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit of, of one of the biggest controversial issues in the peninsula, and that's transportation. Mm -hmm. um, you guys are in a corridor from 101 and stuff. Uh, what currently um, uh, is available for the residents in, in South San Francisco for public transportation? Um, I believe in South City, you know, because we're centralized we have the caltrain station that we will um, we just broke ground on last year and then we'll be completing in 2019 we have uh, connections with two BART stations sam trans south san francisco's um, in partnership with our sam sam trans um, bus service we have a free shuttle that we offer the residents and a, um, a route that has been revised to best fit the needs of a majority of our residents well, I've had an opportunity to interview quite a few of the mayors already, and, and uh, transportation is a major problem here on the peninsula. 
one of the things that um, that we're fully aware of, we're all in, we're all acting independently, even though we may have a transit district, we don't have a transit board. Um, we do have the Clipper card, which is wonderful, um, but we're not connecting all the services. They're all kind of still fighting for the ridership. Um, currently, the uh, the reports are indicating that uh, Samtram's ridership is down. Um, I had an opportunity to interview Seamus Murphy, who, who's the coordinator for the transit district out here, and communication director, and he basically said in his interview that the transit, Sam Trams is more for the retired people or the less fortunate that need a, need a bus system. So I'm hoping that somehow um, that we can get a uh, transit district where the city of South San Francisco and maybe the city of Daly City can collaborate more cohesiveness with the transit stuff. Um, I had an opportunity to also speak with Mayor Gina Pappen and mm -hmm. she, and she had, was very vocal about how the pivotal point is that Millbrae has that turnaround that goes to the airport, mm -hmm. yet they only go out there not as often as they need to, to make it a real good transit district. Um, let's go back to one of the things, and I was very excited that you said you'd like to see um, housing built near the corridor transportation. Um, one of the problems, that, one of the advantages is that there's usually some state and federal tax benefits, which for the developer and for the city, uh, to build that. Unfortunately, uh, there's no study indicating that people that live near the corridor transportation do take public transportation. Mm -hmm. What What do you think we can do? Now, uh, I'm only going to use an example. Okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to give you your answer. But in the Bay Meadows project in in San Mateo, one phase, what they did is they required that you had to do ride share or or a carpooling as part of the CCNRs. I'm not sure whether that's really enforceable, mm -hmm. but do you have any ideas uh, as, a, as a mayor that what can we do to build near the corridor and actually get the people off the road? You know, I think the lo a lot of the developers that are looking at, for example, the, the Grand Boulevard Initiative and El Camino Real, they're actually bringing to council and our staff about opportunities such as a clipper card or, you know, another transportation, um, we, we have a pilot program on bike. So they're doing a collaboration and partnership and, and being able to give incentives for people to do rideshare programs or, or be on electric cars. Tell the audience, I know what line bike is, but I don't think the audience knows. I've seen those bikes. Yes, so those those are the green bikes that are um, throughout South San Francisco. It's a pilot program, so we want to be able to provide our residents and also um, the connection between west and east side. So if, if people are on a ferry, they, they, there's bicycles, they need, they need to get on the west side for lunch. The bicycles is a form of transportation that's trying to get into a car or carpool. Um, this, and so there's a lot of opportunities um, that the developers are bringing to us and sometimes it allows all of us to kind of think outside the box. Excellent. Let's talk about that uh, Grand Boulevard project mm -hmm. and tell the audience what they're planning on, on doing with it. Isn't, isn't it somewhat of a connection also with the freeway? Um, everything's connecting with the freeway and it's being able to focus on uh, everything from signal lights to mediums to making sure that bicycle and pedestrians have access and they're safe. Isn't it also kind of like uh, what we're talking about with Hills? Aren't they going to try to connect the east and the west here? 
Or, um, or is that you know like an overpass or something for the bikes? Uh, n not in South San Francisco. I mean, El Camino is so far from having to connect on the east side, so it's more being able to focus on that side of the neighborhood and that side of El Camino Real. Now, is it true that your biggest employer out here is Genentech? That is, is true. It, okay, and, and just for the audience, how many people approximately are employed in, Gen in Genentech? I don't. Only because I don't send in Genetech's HR, but I can tell you, based upon the population of close to 70,000 by day, by the time we have all the biotechs on the east side, we're close to about 100,000. Well, I've got a wonderful opportunity because you're with the chamber. Mm -hmm. um, can you give me an approximate uh, types of business? Is it, is it mainly industrial? Is it mainly biotech? Is it mainly retail? What, what's happening in South San Francisco? South San Francisco is going to be celebrating their 100th birthday pretty soon? 110th birthday. 110th birthday, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, when is that birthday happening? It'll be, it's in September. Well, I hope I get an invitation with podcasts by the day. Absolutely. We'd love to be there. <laughs> uh, tell us what, what, what the, the makeup of the business is. The businesses, um, you know, when the chamber started, it was more of um, than what we call small mom and pop. So they're still very small business focused. Um, independent businesses there's not we're not very heavy on the bio for the chamber but we are starting to you know build those relationships um, so we have a, probably a membership of close to 400 that's spread out everything from small mom and pop to um, or the small businesses to bio everything between auto shops to restaurants um, retail um, that's supermarkets that are on there Walgreens is on there well, congratulations on that. You know, one thing that, that we're noticing on the peninsula, uh, in Menlo Park with Facebook, uh, Facebook is willing to put up some money for the Dumbarton Bridge. Has the council explored working with maybe Genentech or some of the other large biotech firms to, uh, to work on transportation? Because to a lot of the people in the peninsula that have lived here a while, they feel half the problem of transportation or traffic is caused by those people that have to live out of the area because they can't afford the housing. Yeah, so currently um, all of our developments have a traffic impact fee, so there's some contribution on that side. So, is, But the, the we just need to do a better job in having more, more meetings and collaboration at the table. And there again, as mentioned, there's a, a meeting next month that the bio has put together to study housing and infrastructure within South City. It would be my opinion, just with the outside looking at when you're dealing with the federal and state, we've got a lot of bureaucracy uh, and it takes a long time to get things done. Okay. It would seem that if we did have a partner, whether it's Genentech mm -hmm. or FedEx or whoever that big person in the industrial park is, that things could move quicker because we would have some funding. In other words, we all have a vested interest in, in making it work. Mm -hmm. Do you think that makes sense? Absolutely, it does. Now, um, talking about transportation again, uh, Foster City did a program with the city of San Mateo, uh, which was called Scoop, okay, which was carpooling. We've since then not, we've since broken that relationship and we're working with the dot org um, situation. And I'm pretty sure you guys are too on the transportation. Are you familiar with <clears throat> working with the dot uh, org move on uh, transportation on the peninsula? Yes. So for Scoop, after San Mateo and Foster City, I believe we were the third city that partnered with them, and that was brought on by the bio. 
and the, the companies on the east side are always looking for alternatives to get their employees to work. Um, Commute.org moved from San Bruno, they're in South San Francisco. Um, Richard Garbarino, our council member, sits on the Commute.org board, I am the alternate. Um, Mayor Protem Matsumoto is um, our regional rep um, within the San Mateo County Council of Cities uh, for the Transit Authority. Too. So we're very well represented, and um, Councilman Gupta also sits on ABAC, so he's very versed on the ferry side, as well as uh, Mayor Pro Tem Matsumoto. Okay, one of the buzzwords on the peninsula, even in uh, Foster City and uh, Redwood City, um, was talking about doing a ferry system. What do you think of that? Do you, th do you think that might be a good idea to get people moving a little quicker? Have you been on our ferry? We have a ferry in South San Francisco at Oyster Point Marina. So we pick up from Oakland to San Francisco, down to South San Francisco. Genentech has um, their water um, taxi as well. Um, and I believe there's a, some discussion between our city in reference to doing a, um, an additional water taxi to get people from north to south. Well, that's excellent. I'd like you to see that conversation go a little bit further down the peninsula if we can. Um, that conversation will probably need to have key players at the table. Um, and I believe those are starting with the city manager who is just wanting to provide alternative transportations and being able to connect cities down the peninsula. So hopefully through collaboration and partnership, we can see what happens. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're, we're talking, um, as I mentioned to the listeners and to yourself, that <clears throat> the key thing for everybody right now is transportation. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about BART going all the way down the peninsula? Do you think, and it's just your opinion, we're not holding you to anything. Do you think BART should uh, hook up down on the peninsula there, down to San Mateo and all the way down to, to San Jose? I'm not very versed on BART. I mean, I've only taken BART to San Francisco, but I think if there's demand from the resident, residents as well as employees to connect everybody, then it it's, can only be a positive thing for everybody. Well, you've been on the city council for a while and you're in a mayor's position. This is an opportunity for you to brag about what success you've done with the council and what your future goals might be in the city of South San Francisco. Um, I, you know, I am always celebrating the diversity of our city and we're continuously celebrating. So not only are we celebrating the 110th birthday, but we're also celebrating that there's two women in 110 years that are sitting on city council. So every day there's something new in the city, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a park and rec program, um, we're, we're, we're investing our, our tax dollars from Measure W into a new Civic Center Plaza Center that's going to have recreation facilities, a new library, a new police station, um, and we're going to you know, restruct and renovate our current uh, fire station. So we're always connecting, we're, we're fixing up potholes and paving streets and hopefully looking at synchronizing signal lights to get me faster to work. Um, but it's just, I mean, I couldn't be more proud to be able to serve on the city council with four former mayors that have guided the city probably close to the last 20 years. Well, the city that's close to you is San Francisco. And mm -hmm. I happened to listen to a discussion on the people that are running for mayor. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and one of the big controversial issues facing the city of, South, or city of San Francisco is the homeless. How are we dealing with the homeless, and do you have any idea how many homeless are in South San Francisco? Um, the home, <clears throat> what I can share is that the homeless uh, or the transient population has decreased. We have what we call a hot team, which is a um, homeless outreach team that consists of um, supervi uh, Supervisor President uh, Dave Pine, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Kira Matsumoto, 
um, our fire department, um, core services, Salvation Army that meets once a month here in City Hall. We have um, what um, we have what we call Safe Harbor, which is a wet, wet shelter, and they provide temporary housing. So anytime we our team meets somebody that needs that assistance, we provide them that bedding, but they also have to commit to getting sober and cleaning up and looking for a job. So the outreach that we have in collaboration with Safe Harbor Samaritan House is only decreasing our homeless population here. Um, so we so have, do you have an idea how, how many homeless people? I would say um, it has decreased probably over 50% within the last year because of these outreaches. Okay, so you don't have any numbers on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know San, San Francisco uh, was kind of all over the board on that, <laughs> and I wasn't sure whether uh, it was 3500 or it was 5000 So. Oh, no, I think it's probably, it's, it's definitely less than maybe 50 compared to what the numbers were before. Well, that's good. That's, that's exciting to hear that. Um, one of my last questions for you, and, and obviously you're a dedicated person, you're a public servant. What does it mean to be a public servant to you? A public servant to me is being able to best represent the city, citywide. It's not representing one particular demographics, whether it has to do with age or gender or ethnicity. Is making the best decisions for the city that um, I can sleep at night and, and, and knowing that I can make a difference and my kids are in South San Francisco, knowing that they can not only um, realize I raised them here, but they can raise a family themselves here. So decisions I make as a public servant is being able to best serve the public and being responsive and available um, and doing the best job I can. Well, I appreciate the interview with Podcast by the Bay. You were a challenge. I know you have a busy schedule. I have a busy schedule, and I'm looking forward to the listeners. Um, The mayor of South San Francisco, I appreciate that. Thank you. You got it. Just tell me. Thanks to John Paul Jude for that beautiful rendition of the song entitled Just Tell Me. And you can find out more about John Paul Jude and other artists at the Highway Soul Music page on the HighwaySoul.com website. Alright, so we're going to get down to the thought of the episode. And so I just want to kind of highlight something that just happened to me and it kind of made me reflect. And so I recently had a birthday. 
And so usually in the past, you know, on on people's birthdays, you get a lot of phone calls from friends and family and things like that. Well, I think this year I only got one phone call. And I started thinking, I said, you know, wow, you know, I only got one phone call. Usually your phone's ringing off the hook and you're on the phone all day. But this year I got one phone call. And instead of calling, most people actually text, right? So, and that was the form of communication. Boom, happy birthday, which is fine. You know, um, you know, I don't need to talk to everybody, but, uh, you know, and it was nice. I got, you know, I was appreciative. Yeah, you know, thank you. But I also recognized that more people are sending messages over Facebook, and that's their kind of, uh, you know, process to say hello, happy birthday, right? And it made me realize that we have really lost, I guess, our essence of what our communication, or, or we haven't really lost it. It's just completely changed. It's just different now, right? So in the past, everybody would, you know, pick up the phone, say, hello, hey, I just want a quick hello, happy birthday, how you doing? Okay, cool. Well, we'll you know, we'll catch up later. No worries. Um, you know, or you send a text, oh, you know, hey, happy birthday. That You know, I, I think everybody appreciates, appreciates that. But people are not even texting anymore. They're, they're just doing it through Facebook. And so then I think you start, you know, wondering, oh, wow, you know, you have, you know, so, so many uh, likes and, you know, wishes, happy birthday. So I just thought it's interesting how our society has changed and that's become the norm. And it's uh, it's just, you know, it's a different form of communication. Um, I can't really say we've lost it, but I, I would say that it's changed. And so, you know, I just kind of recognize that, that we've changed as a society now. Well, that's how people, that's how they communicate for happy birthday, right? And, you know, I guess that's how it's going to be moving forward. Who knows? And in a hundred years, we might just, you know, use some sort of, uh, you know, uh, brain waves to write connect, right? And that's how we just connect, right? And that, that's that's our method. Um, <laughs> so anyways, that's the thought of the day. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, I recognize that, yeah, people have actually changed the way they communicate. And, and it's just there's just a lack of um, that phone connection. I mean, how many people, you know, have you spoken with on the, on the phone in the last week? Think about that. Besides work and things like that or business things, but actually friends. How, when was the last time you actually picked up the phone and called your friend and just checked in, you know, and had that good conversation? I remember... You know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, being on the phone for like hours, you know, talking to people, just, you know, just just having really good conversations and talking all about so all sorts of things in life. Now, I think we're we're, we're caught up with the with the scrolling and trying to, you know, uh, get to the next thing and we're swiping this. And, and, and I just I just recognize that, you know, have we changed that much as a society where we don't even pick up the phone? and communicate with each other anymore and i think we have all right well that's today's thought of the episode and i hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you on the next time of podcast by the bay stay tuned thank you for listening to this episode of podcast by the bay podcast by the bay is brought to you by highway soul productions check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with liberty realty liberty realty 
serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.